Thanks for tuning in to Spend Less, Live Well with Dr. Josh Luke, dropping serious wisdom, integrating healthy living, finance, and faith into the healthcare process to live your best life. Watch us on YouTube or listen anywhere podcasts are found. Spend less and live well. Hey, welcome back to Spend Less, Live Well. Uh, I'm excited to uh, just spend some time with you all today, 15 minutes, which is the norm. Uh, I'm on doing casual uh, Monday today, whatever uh, day it is that you're listening. Um, usually try to wear a collared shirt for you. But hey, it's summertime. We're in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, I just wanted to address some of those things that are going on as a Gen Xer. Sometimes, uh, for some, some things for the first time in my lifetime we're experiencing and others, uh, maybe we're experiencing them again. But there's, there's so many things going on. I just wanted to kind of do a solo take show, uh, spend a few minutes with you. I wanted to talk about First Amendment. I wanted to talk about racial equality. I wanted to talk about the pandemic and uh, going back to school, all these things that are top of mind with folks. So let's start with, um, guys, we live in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America, but it sure doesn't feel much like it lately, does it, with all social media disagreement, news coverage of um, not protesting so much as rioting, and nobody wants to take ownership for who the rioters are, and uh, everybody points in the other direction. What happened to the days where we come together, and what happened to the days right after the pandemic where we you know, we said, we're in this together. Let's do it because it sure doesn't feel like that now. It's disheartening for me. And I want to challenge each of you really to go back to our roots as a country where we do fight for each other. And when there is some sort of uh, crisis uh, where we come together, where whether it's Boston Strong or after um, 9-11 or things like that, where we've seen that we can put our differences aside. Guys, that's what our country was built on is the First Amendment freedom to choose and freedom to have the right to believe in what you want to as long as it is legal and doesn't violate the law. And uh, now we're in a time where um, if you uh, seemingly believe in certain things that other people feel like they have the right to tell you you're wrong, I want to challenge you to go look at the First Amendment and say that isn't what our country was built on. Um, so let's try to get back to that where, hey, we can respect each other's differences. I work very hard on social media to type comments that are, 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 are as free of bias as I can make them with my own filter, but also by ending the post with something like, do you agree or what do you think or what other points did I miss? Because, you know, in my estimation, particularly on LinkedIn, where, where I really grew my following initially, um, that's what the social media platform is for, is to engage the conversation. Guys, I want to become more educated by you on things that I might have missed in my argument or my presentation or whatever it might be about my understanding of a situation and make myself more educated, not pound my fist and say I'm right or I'm wrong. I've posted statistics, just literally posted statistics of the CDC statistics, the you know the most reputable organization there was, and I had people come out and tell me they disagree with me and I was wrong. And I said, well, on what? What are you disagreeing with me about? I just cited statistics from somebody else. Um, so, guys, my goal is to um, support your right as an American um, to express your First Amendment right to say, here's what I believe, and as long as it's within the law, um, to not necessarily tell you right or wrong, but to engage you in conversation so I can learn more about why your beliefs are grounded and where they are and vice versa. And so um, let's, can we all agree to agree on um, just uh, living in harmony and not being so um, divisive all the time? I know it's an election year, 
Uh, I'm confident that the media's focus on COVID will turn um, significantly the first week of November after the election. Um, by then, the data is going to be really, uh, the data hasn't changed much, guys. Um, I get a healthcare hospital executive summary of statistics, not opinions, it is statistics every day. And they use the same statistics every single day and they have for four months, okay? It's, a, it's kind of a private email they send to healthcare CEOs and I'm still on it from my days as a hospital CEO and now over the not-for-profit. This morning I saw a new um, data uh, line that they've added four or five lines, state-by-state um, -state data, which is nice. They have enough data now to break it down by state instead of the feds. And uh, the highest state's mortality rate is at 1 0.178, like 1.7, excuse me. So that means less than 2% of the people who test positive are dying in that state. The lowest state is 0.02%. And that means, uh, what, two in um, 1,000? Is my math wrong there? It's not two in 100. That would be 2%. So two in 1,000. Um, are dying. And guys, I'm not here to argue that's high or low, bad or good. I'm here to tell you that's what the data is saying. Um, of those who are passing away, and this is not that this data is not as concrete. It's more, I would say, estimate estimates because state to state it varies. Um, but in some states, more than 50% of the people who die, uh, who test positive are in nursing homes or senior homes, some sort of senior living. In other states, it's, it's down in the low 40s and some 30s. So that would suggest that a one in two or one in three of people who are dying that test positive um, are um, living in some sort of senior housing. And what I have argued for a long time, and this is really the point I want to leave you with on this show, is what are we doing for the vulnerable? Many of you know that I uh, run nursing homes, ran nursing homes. I'm a licensed nursing home and assisted living administrator. My not-for-profit uh, healthcare education company, uh, if you're curious, is, is online at nationalreadmissionprevention.com. The whole goal of our company was to host events and provide online educational materials to help healthcare executives better care for the neediest of the needy seniors, those with comorbidities and disabilities, the behavioral health community. Many of you know I ran the, the largest uh, behavioral health hospital in Orange County for several years, along with nursing homes. I've always advocated for the neediest of the needy, and I, I struggle right now with the fact that almost, and guys, I get four or five newsletters a day, and there's very little being done for nursing homes. In fact, today, it's one of the first times that I saw uh, money being allocated to nursing homes to support this testing and other things have been allocated. But initially, and it started up in Seattle, uh, it was business as usual. And after I think 30 or 40 people in one nursing home died, you know, 40 of the first 100 people that died in our country were in that same nursing home. Do you know what the state did up there? They came in and just as business as usual, they find them and uh, told them that, you know, to shape up instead of giving them resources for this brand new pandemic. And that behavior really hasn't change much state by state, county by county. Uh, and so the feds finally stepped in and allocated some money to help with those things. And guys, the nursing home game is going to change a lot in the next year or two as a result of the pandemic. I think people are finally seeing how tremendously under-resourced senior facilities are. Uh, assisted livings are private dollars, very expensive, as you know, so it's a little different. It's not as much of a crisis where nursing homes, I think 80 to 90% of the people who live there are paid for by the federal government, either through the Medicare or the Medicaid or one of the other programs. 
Um, so the nursing homes are really the the new frontier, the final frontier for COVID. This problem is not going to go away when you get guys. It's not all that different than the the Miami Marlins, who earlier today on the third or fourth day of the Major League Baseball reopening went from four positive teammate infections to 11 overnight. Uh, if a locker room is like that, imagine a healthcare facility like a nursing home where you have 100 or 200 sick, aging adults with comorbidities, not just adults, but people, you know, for the most part over age 70 uh, who have comorbidities and multiple health challenges. It's unstoppable once it gets in a nursing home. Just take my word for it. I always joke that they shouldn't call them nursing homes. They should call them uh, CNA homes, certified nursing assistant homes. And CNAs are AIDS, guys. They're they're not people who are licensed nurses or have much training. I'm a licensed CNA. It's no disrespect. They have some of the greatest hearts and hearts for caring in all of healthcare, but they're not trained to be nurses. And those CNAs often care for six to eight people at one time in a nursing home. And if there's a shared room, that means one AIDS going into four rooms. Guys, this is an unstoppable virus in a nursing home once it gets in there and they're now starting to let visitors and families back in it's been a really difficult time for families um, so the challenges will continue and i ask you and challenge you what's being done to um, help and focus and support the neediest of the needy those who are compromised the nursing homes beyond just masks and washing hands and social distancing and isolating all those things what special efforts are being made and resources are being allocated to help those who are um, in, the, in the most need right now. So guys, we talked about um, First Amendment, we talked about the pandemic, we talked about um, those most in need. Um, my, I have uh, one child still in high school, two kids going to college, both colleges are pushing things back or up in the air about what they'll be doing. Those are private schools, if they're public, they've already said that they won't be going back to school. Um, Guys, I'm not here to convince you one way or the other on what to do. But again, I think we all need to work together. We need to be respectful of other people's opinions. I just put a poll on Facebook about whether or not our school district should honor letter grades as well as pass-fail as they did last year. And it's pretty clear to me that all the parents whose kids do well are saying letter grades and those whose kids might not do as well at home or might be on an IEP or some other sort of program are saying, why not give them the choice? And I, I think that's a tough argument um, to, to counter is why not give people the choice knowing there's been some great debate. And guys, again, if you want to check out on my Facebook, if you follow me on Facebook, um, there's a poll I put in a, uh, a high school parents group saying, should it be letter grades only? Should it be pass-fail only? Or should they give them a choice for letter grades or pass-fail? Interestingly enough, not one person has said pass-fail only because those who are saying my child either struggles or struggles online or, or maybe has to watch the kids while I'm at work are saying, hey, give them a choice. Those whose kids have traditionally done well are in a structured home. And guys, this is just me making an observation right now. The poll is, you know, about 15% more, like give them a choice than it is letter grades only. But as I look at the letter grades only, the argument keeps coming back. Well, the universities aren't going to um, accept pass fail. Well, I work at a university and I can tell you that's not true. Now, there may be many, 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 many who um, say, yeah, we're going to give preferential treatment to those who um, have a letter grade. But I also say um, your argument might be supporting more of the A student and the B student than it is the student who says, so I have to get a D instead of a pass so your kid can get an A and get into a better college 
and again, I'm being discriminated against. So we could counter both of those. So my question again is, um, why not give them the choice? Uh, and we'll leave that open for debate. I'm not saying my opinion's right or wrong. Uh, I'm just saying these are the things we're talking about. But guys, what, I, what I'm really struggling with most is just the lack of harmony you're seeing on social media, um, the violence that is being um, talked about. Um, look, I don't, there's nobody, whether you're, you're left or right or conservative or liberal or, or for Black Lives Matter or not for Black Lives Matter, there's nobody taking ownership of the violence going on. So why isn't everyone? standing up against it. They're showing on the news people walking up to courthouses and businesses with jackhammers in their hand, with, with baseball bats. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. This is sad. This is scary. This is, these are things that need to be addressed. And I just, I just challenge everyone to come together, find a place of harmony where we can discuss these things without digging heels in left or right and saying, okay, if we all agree, the rioters aren't with us then why aren't we unifying to stop them? Uh, I'm the first to say I'm willing to unify. Um, whoever else wants to raise their hand, let me know. Um, guys, this uh, podcast was named a top 10 healthcare podcast in 2018, again in 2019. In 2020, we have expanded the name to not be so focused on healthcare. Uh, we now call it Spend Less, Live Well because we want to talk about healthcare. We want to include mental health. We want to talk about responsible finance. But also it, it talks about, we talk about well-being and we talk about just healthy living. And I think all these topics that we talked about today in particular are getting back to, aside from the pandemic, which is physical health, we're talking about mental health. And uh, I'm really concerned, not just about with the rioting and the news coverage and what we're seeing on social media, uh, but also um, um, with the school set up now with a lot of districts and colleges going online, I'm concerned about the long-lasting mental health impact of the current situation. So I wanted to spend 15 minutes with you today talking about that. I'm Dr. Josh Luke. This is Spend Less, Live Well. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me. That'll do it for today's show. Thanks for tuning in to Spend Less, Live Well with Dr. Josh Luke, the crossroads of integrating healthy living, finance, and faith into the healthcare process to live your best life. Watch us on YouTube or listen anywhere podcasts are found. Spend less and live well. Live well.